Hello and welcome to the movie podcast. I am your host, Daniel. And as always, I am joined virtually by my friends, Anthony and Shabazz. Gentlemen, how are we doing this week? Good. I'm not doing always, good. though. Not, not always, always? Not always joined virtually. Sometimes. In, 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 these, in these circumstances, we are joined virtually. But normally, <laughs> we would prefer to be joined physically. Right. Like in, I'm going like to say... Like, I mean, the last virtually. 10 episodes, at least. <laughs> what were you saying? I'm going to say virtually. I would rather you, you do You want to stay virtually? virtually? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, you would, because you're like a you know, a horrible person, so. Yeah. <laughs> I would As always, you can catch this whole thing. <laughs> As always, you can catch a brand new episode of the Movie Podcast every single Monday across all your favorite podcast services. If you want to write in and be part of the show and give us your comments, suggestions, and corrections, head over to thistimewith.com slash talk and talk to us there because we want to hear from you. Um, we have a bunch of news to get through this week, uh, but before we get to that, I just want to get to a couple of announcements. Uh, first off, make sure you're leaving a review for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to the show. We'd love to hear what you think about us, and if you're if you discovered us either through the Kevin Lima episode or the Snyder Cut episode, you know we're so happy you're here. We're happy you're sticking around, and definitely leave us a comment, drop those that star rating, so we could hear more from you. Also, kind of alluded to it already, we have some great episodes out in our repertoire of movie podcast episodes. So we have an episode talking all about the Snyder Cut when that kind of got announced that it's happening. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that, that's a couple episodes ago. Also, I mentioned Kevin Lima. We have him on the show. He's the director of Tarzan, Enchanted, a goofy movie. Uh, Definitely check out that episode as well. Um, and we also have commentaries. So if you want to hear us talk over your, some of our favorite movies like Sicario game night and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, we have those commentaries as well on this very movie, the movie podcast feed. So you can listen to us there. I think our episode about the uh, Snyder cut is a great one to listen to. If you have absolutely no idea what the hell a Snyder cut is, if you're totally out of the loop on what's going on there, give that episode a listen. I think it pretty much breaks down what you need to know in the best way possible. Yeah. And we kind of dive into the history of why it's happening, what it means, what it's going to look like, where it's going. Um, yeah. So just like what Jay said, if you don't know what a Snyder cut is, if you think a Snyder cut is a type of like meat of way to get your meat <laughs> or cut, a haircut or a haircut, it's not that it could be, but uh, we'll tell you what that is in that episode. Without further ado, let's jump into the news. See, I'm hosting this week. You I was going to take. I was last gonna week. We're not going to do it. You said you're not going to do it last week. I said oh, I whoever it. hosts it will do it, and then we said we'll just cut out one from a previous episode and put it in. We're just going to keep the. We're going to keep the show rolling here. First <laughs> item on the agenda this week: Henry Cavill is in talks to return as Superman, an upcoming DC movie. This is coming from Justin Kroll of Variety. Henry Cavill isn't hanging up his Superman cape just yet. Sources confirmed to Variety, the Man of Steel actor is in talks to return as Clark Kent in an upcoming DC Comics movie. Warner Brothers and Cavill's reps couldn't be reached for comment Wednesday. Cavill's return is only... um, Justin Crowe went on to say that Cavill's return is only a cameo and would likely have him appearing in a film where he has previous ties with the character, example, Aquaman or Shazam. Sources say not for Black Adam or Wonder Woman. A new Man of Steel film is still a way away with no certainty Henry would return to star. 
In a Men's Health December cover story, Cavill revealed he had not given up the role. He says, the cape is still in my closet, he said. It's still mine. I'm not going to sit quietly in the dark as all the stuff is going on. I've not given up the role. There's a lot I have to give for Superman yet. A lot of storytelling to do. A lot of real, true depths to the honesty of the character I want to get into. I want to, re- I want to reflect the comic books. That's important to me. There's a lot of justice to be done for Superman. The status is, you'll see. Guys, what do you think about this? Especially on the heels of the Snyder Cut Justice League announcement. What does this mean to you that this news is kind of breaking now? I mean, it's, uh, from- it's the best time. Sorry, go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, like I was gonna say, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think it's the best time for, for to to build that um that momentum for Superman and even for um for Cavill to be so invested in the role and not give it up like so many other um, actors have in the past. Um, he's really invested in continuing to play this character. Um, do we see him in a different light? Like, is he going to be the Hulk? of the DC universe in a sense where he shows up in different um, movies and he plays him that way. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but I, I love that he just wants to play Superman and he's not giving that up. Yeah, for sure. And Shay, what were you saying before, uh, before Anthony was saying something? No, I was just going to say the same thing that like, this is, I mean, I love Henry Cavill as Superman. We've talked at length about how much we love Henry Cavill as Superman. So for him wanting to be the character just speaks volumes to how invested in the role he is. And um, if he comes back in a small capacity, you know what? I'll be happy, but I would love another Man of Steel movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm totally with you guys. And I feel like um, it's crazy to think that we're next year, next January, 2021 will be 10 years since he was cast in the role of Superman. And it's crazy wow. to think that we've only really seen one solo movie from him. You know, we saw him in Batman versus Superman, obviously, but he was he didn't have a lot of talking lines in that movie. There wasn't a lot of Superman in that movie. Um, it's at least towards more towards the end of the movie. Um, and then Justice League, of course, he's pretty much not in it either until they bring him back. Who knows what his role will be like in the Snyder Cut, but I just wish we got a sequel to Man of Steel because, again, you know, I love Man of Steel. I love the world that they were creating with that. And I just want to see him be Superman. You know, we've seen him play like the unsure Clark Kent's trying to find a spot in the world. But I want to see him as like a confident, a happy Superman. Um, and I just I just waiting for that day to happen. So until it does, we'll kind of wait and see. I know this is only saying that it's going to be cameo roles. So who knows? what this is going to be going forward, where he's going to show up. And uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Now, what would you consider a cameo role? Like, is it like two minutes or is it like 30 minutes, 45 minutes? Like Like, supporting role? (laughs) Yeah. Like they don't really dive into what a cameo cameo role would look like for Superman. So that's why I mentioned the Hulk. Is he going to just show up like in Thor Ragnarok? Um, where, you know, the Hulk was part of the Thor storyline. Will Superman just be part of uh, an Aquaman storyline or a Shazam storyline? Yeah, I mean, I'm not too sure. I mean, in those movies, at least, in like Thor Ragnarok, Hulk is a central character to that movie still. So he's still very much 
a character in the movie. When I think of cameo, I think of like, I think of like when I look at Batman versus Superman and I see the flash and Aquaman appear in those movies. So it's like, is that considered a cameo? Cause they're just on screen for like a couple seconds or are mm-hmm, these going to be mm-hmm. fleshed out roles? So mm-hmm. it's very, it's very up in the air. So as, as happy as I am to hear he's not done yet, it's also like, okay, but does this just mean now you're just going to show up like in like little, like couple second cameos saying, minutes? yeah, I'm Superman. Yeah. <laughs> All's good. Like it's Superman. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Shay? What do you think? No, I mean, that's, that's really it. Like, I, I, let's just get him back. Let's get him into a, into a role that, um, I mean, I always think about the moment at the end of Shazam and yeah. the, it was, I don't know if it's, I, I, I find it funny, obviously how it played out, but, um, <laughs> I, I also wonder what my reaction would have been if it panned up and it was Cavill, you know, I, oh I always God, think about yeah. that, like what I would have done. So, I mean, let's see. And we will see. Next up on the news this week, Apple to team up with Paramount on Scorsese, DiCaprio, De Niro drama, Killers of the Flower Moon. This is coming from Mike Fleming Jr. of Deadline. So Deadline hears that the tug of war over one of the highest profile films in Hollywood is about over. Apple will win the Derby for Martin Scorsese's directed film, Killers of the Flower Moon, with Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert, uh, sorry, Robert De Niro in lead roles. The deals are still being prepared. Paramount still has to sign off, but we're told when they are, when they are, it will be an Apple original film, and Paramount will distribute theatrically worldwide. The deal, which calls for Apple to finance and become the creative studio gives the movie a hybrid situation and the best of both worlds. The film will get a wide theatrical release through Paramount before it becomes the biggest film title so far on Apple's streaming service. So guys, if you remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about how this movie is, again, going over budget. It's going (laughs) Mm -hmm. to either go to Netflix. There's talks Apple may get into it. And now it looks to be like Apple is the winner in this situation. So what do you guys Mm. think? Don't jump in all at once. Sorry, I, I, always, I, always, I always wait. I was because, Yeah, I was pausing. I'm like, I think Anthony's about to say something. Sorry. it's so. It, I don't know why, but like, it, it's almost harder nowadays because I want to be more respectful to not cutting people off. But yeah. um, in, in this story here, we, yeah, we did talk about it. And um, it, I think what you, we've also been talking about behind the scenes is the quality of these Apple TV Plus shows and movies and how just spot on they've been. Like Apple TV Plus right now is really the silent killer. It's going ahead, acquiring and distributing all these TV shows and movies that have such amazing production value behind them. And then it's just looking awesome. It's like when you go to Apple TV Plus and you watch whatever's on there, you're going to find something that's really good and really cinematic. So to get the Martin Scorsese's uh, next big film, it's it totally makes sense, uh, and it, it's totally going to look fantastic. So um, I'm here for it. I, I think that uh, this is going to be a great partnership between the two. Yeah. Um, when we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago, I banked on Netflix, you know, winning that race and mm. looks like they lost. So, um, yeah, I'm down for Apple to, to you know, 
continue the production and invest money into the Scorsese pick. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just reading the synopsis of it, and it's 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 a it's a western in a sense because it takes place in the 20s um, around you know uh, an Oklahoma type of city, or it does does take place in Oklahoma, but it takes place in a western type of town. So you, you're going to see De Niro and DiCaprio with some um, cowboy hats, which is great to see. <laughs> yeah um yeah it's 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 great honestly and i and i love that it's, it's it is a hybrid situation because you know this is still going to get a theatrical release like the banker did and then it's going to or i don't think the banker ended up getting one because of covid um but they Correct. had plans to release the banker in theaters um and you know with paramount being their partner that's awesome paramount is a huge reputable name in the film industry obviously um and i think this is what apple tv plus's strongest kind of suit has been so far is that a lot of their content is made and kind of purchased from studios who are making it so you know uh later i'll talk about central park that's a fox show um defending jacob that is a paramount show um so it's it's just interesting to see that um they're kind of having all these deals with these major studios as a spot to release original content i really uh i really like appreciate that i think it's good for even for them to to do it this way because they learn from these guys. They learn from Paramount and they learn from Fox exactly. because they've been doing it for so long. And you have this technology company who's going to be start, who's going to start to make uh, productions um, just starting off. And they, you know, you, you can hire them as many people as you want who are in the industry, but sometimes you just, you know, learn on the fly. You can't learn on the fly just like that. So you learn from others. So I think this is a great example of just, you know, taking what what they have been doing for so long and then kind of maybe reinventing that in the yeah, future. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And when it comes to like to, I guess, brand recognition, there's nobody bigger than Apple, like in terms of like the tech space, like that logo is mm-hmm. uh is iconic and seeing that in front of a movie that has also has Scorsese and DiCaprio and De Niro in it. That's like just the mega, like the super heavyweights going at it with each other. So um, it's cool to see. And it's, it's going to be awesome when, when this eventually does come out and it's a really, really big win for Apple. So uh, good on them for, uh, for getting it done. Cause honestly, I thought it was going to go to Netflix. Yeah, no, you guys are right. I think in the, in, in the second half of, I mean, we're reaching the one year mark, uh, not we're like we're like what at the six month mark right now of Apple TV Plus, I would say maybe yep. just a little bit more. This second half is going to be very, very important for their acquisitions and their deals and how they play things right now. Not so much about what's going to be released, but at least how they're going to move forward because I think they're realizing right now what momentum they're getting and what momentum they can get. Um, we're just a few weeks shy from WWDC, I think maybe just about a week or two. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how much they bring up or if they talk about anything that they've acquired. It's 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 going to be a very, very interesting time, but I'm all in right now with Apple TV Plus, and it's honestly my fault that I'm not watching more of their shows, but I really should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. I'm uh, out of all the streaming services that kind of we spoke about in the last couple of years, especially last year, Apple TV Plus wasn't was one that, you know, we were 
we were interested about, but it wasn't one we were like super excited about because obviously we were looking at Disney Plus. And you know, and the three of us, we had a great conversation a couple days ago about kind of the state of Disney Plus as it's yeah, it's it's a great spot for you know the library of Disney films that have come out, but in terms of original content, it's lacking. We know what stuff is coming to it, but until it does, like you're you're kind of thinking, is this worth like staying on? just to have access to, like, to that old, to the library of content where Apple, I feel, has really been consistently killing it with their content from their original shows um, with the banker and like just having it as a hub for um, their content. It's been really, it's been really surprising. And again, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later on with some of the Apple TV shows um, that I watched and we watched this week, but yeah, I'm, I'm, it's nice to see that they're fully committed to it and it's not something that's just going to kind of, come and go and they're not going to pay much mind to it feels like they're invested in this now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. continuing on with the news francis cinemas to reopen beginning june 22nd this is coming from nancy tartaglione of deadline francis movie theaters will be allowed to reopen from june 22nd prime minister uh eduard felipe announced this evening this is earlier than expected, as French culture minister Franck Reister uh, said this week that cinemas were eyeing a July 1st reopening start. Social distancing, social distancing measures will be in place, though Felipe did not elaborate. Reister had noted earlier this week, cinemas absolutely must open at the same time in all regions to order, in order to amortize distribution costs and, and so that the French people know which films are playing there is there is expected to be reduced capacity at screenings without necessarily a physical separation in the strict sense movie theaters have been closed since mid-march throughout the country uh on a related note the gov- governor gavin newsom to issue county guidelines for opening movie theaters this is coming from tom tap of deadline california governor gavin newsom will issue guidelines next week that could allow some countries to move into phase three of the state's reopening plan newsom said at a press conference today the you guidelines counties, will right? oh uh counties that i what, what did i say sorry countries i just wanted to clarify oh yeah sorry yes counties um, said at the news press conference today, the guidelines will cover high-risk workspaces such as movie theaters. Um, and here, just on local news for us as well, Ontario announced that uh, driving theaters will be allowed to open as early as this weekend that just passed. If you're listening to this on Monday, um, gentlemen, where are your heads at? I want to. I'm going to. Anthony actually sent this news story to the to our docs. So I'm going to get Anthony to start on this one. Uh, yeah, so, you know, my, my thoughts on this is if it's a, if you're creating a safer environment and it's, you know, the most safe you can make for the public, then why not? Like, it doesn't make sense to just be fully closed, um, staggered seating, wearing masks at all times, things like that, just build, you know, confidence in people going back to, um, the theater or to any you know, place of business. So having these restrictions for the time being is probably essential to, you know, reopen um, for future movies. It doesn't always make sense to say, oh, well, we're going to be closed until the virus is completely gone. Um, And it's never going to be gone because there's no vaccine. Um, And I know in France, they've, you know, slowly... 
Um, numbers have been dropping and dropping, and they need, you know, businesses to start opening for the for their economy because it's just going to suffer. As long as you make it safe, I think this is this is good news. Uh, even for um, California, this is great news. And because we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago, um, someone messaged, "Well, if LA is not going to open their theaters, then Tenant is not going to come out because." You know, Los Angeles is a huge marketplace for <laughs> it is the uh, hub viewers. of movies. <laughs> it's a hub of movies. Um, and they also have like eight million people living there. So that's a lot of business for theaters. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm you know, I'm still hesitant, but I'm also in a mindset that we need to, you know, we need to to get back to what we were doing in a sense, in the safest possible way. Yes. Safety is always the the priority. And, you know, right now, obviously, we've missed out on a lot of major movies in the last two months, obviously, with Mulan, Black Widow, um, James Bond, Fast and the Furious, a lot of movies that regardless of whether they were going to be good or not, they were an ex- they were something to kind of keep our spirits up in terms of new content and not having them we've definitely felt a withdrawal especially like we do a movie podcast show every week um but i think the biggest aspect of this is safety and you know right now there's nothing to watch in theaters until really tenet comes out so um i'm all for them figuring out how to do this and open theaters but again it has to be safety first and while there's no guarantees Mm -hmm. of what it's going to look like in terms of like the, where the virus is, things like that. I'm just glad it's being talked about and it's being looked at to do it in a way that's safe for everyone. Uh, Shay, what do you, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. When it, when it comes to these movie theaters reopening and, you know, good on our, you know, driving theaters for opening up. I, I don't get yet. I just don't understand how they're going to play this off because, if let's just say America is totally cool, which it totally isn't right now, they're going through one of the worst pandemics along with these riots. So right. if if they start to open up all their theaters, but Canada doesn't, for example, and other countries don't, are the movies still going to release? Or are the distributors gonna wait till majority of the world is open? If majority of the world needs to open, then we're gonna be in this for quite a while because the the province we're in currently right now in Canada, it's still struggling to, you know, flatten the curve of this of this pandemic. Other provinces have already you know solved it and they are starting to open. We are currently still in this and we're still going through the worst parts of it. It's not even wave two yet. So I'm really curious right now as to what is like a like a threshold for them. Like oh. 75% of the world needs to be open for us to release these movies because I don't think we're anywhere near that right now. And um, I mean, I, I I can't see Tenet opening up that day that it needs to open and then people <laughs> like flocking to the theaters. I can see the day that mm. it opens and then people being like, uh, okay, I'll wait a little bit. Like, I think we'll probably be there. I don't know. Maybe Anthony won't, um, but we will be there. And then there will be like no one else in the theater with us. Who knows? I, you know, it's, it's a weird time. Yeah. I just think we should come out right now. Digital. I think this year you got to take the L release these movies digitally because it's causing like 
Like people at home are literally going crazy right now. If they <laughs> had these films coming out at home digitally, this would not be a problem. You know, that that's a great point too. And I just my Jag, you gotta wonder what amount of theaters opening will make it that we could guarantee these big releases. Cause again, Tenet coming out July 17th, what does that look like? If it doesn't open, does that push everything else now? Because Mulan's supposed to open up the week after, and then Wonder Woman and all this other stuff, and New Don't Mutants. Forget about New Mutants. Okay, there we of go. course, no, I couldn't. I couldn't forget about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> even though the world has, um, but it's one of those things that even just being around in our area and seeing, you know, some shops starting to open and seeing the just mass herds of people lining up. Mm-hmm. My fear is when theaters do open. It just becomes a shit show of people going and things not being followed and deadlines. And I'm not – this is – listen, like, very carefully with this. I'm not saying theater employees don't do their jobs. I'm not. But, but you are. we have <laughs> – but, like, we had the experience when we were talking a couple of weeks ago about the Zombieland 2 oh, uh, experience where, like – the kind of the employees just didn't care and things like that. And, and I'm talking about just employees across the board in any industry. It's like, is everyone going to be following this, these guidelines to the T because it's when you start kind of being lax about things, it's that's when issues start to happen. And I'm talking Mm -hmm. about grocery stores, retail stores, anywhere restaurants as soon as people start being lax about things then that's when the issues start happening and i hope that that doesn't turn into that with movie theaters so i was at a i was at a grocery store just the other day and um first of all i would say about 80 to 85 percent of the people that were shopping in that grocery store were not wearing a mask or even remotely um following social distancing laws or rules and again, I'm telling you, we're still in, in a heat of a pandemic at the moment, okay? Um, and the the employees, when they wanted to talk to the customers, were taking off their masks to talk to them. Why not just spit in the customer's face at this point? <laughs> like, why not? At this point, you might as well make out with them. Because what the hell is that mask for? To protect the boxes? I'm, I was so, so good. And I felt so uncomfortable. I left. I I. I picked up whatever I could and I left. And then my mom called me and said, Hey, can you go back? And I'm like, listen, I'm not going back to the war zone right now. I'm getting the hell out of there. Like I, I packed my things, put on my armor and got out because it was just, it, it just did not, I did not feel comfortable. I, and I can only imagine in a theater, me sitting there in a chair for two hours, two and a half hours, the anxiety that's going to build in me thinking, okay, uh, did, it, did it clean the seat? Is this is this area been cleaned? Is someone near me? Is this person coughing? What's going on here? Right. I think it's. Yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be up to you, like, to make that decision for yourself. If you, mm-hmm. you know, if if theaters do open, because if they choose to open, do you go? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If if you know the Apple Store opens, do you go? You have to make that choice. What these theaters and what these places of business need to do is enforce, um, enforce these, these safeties like wearing a mask at all times. Um, like the six feet apart. Uh, I saw a video the other day of, of people lining up to go to Ikea. Oh boy. And no one's like, it was like, it was like Disney world. That line, it was like Disney world. There was no social distancing. 
there is no masks because people don't, and I don't want to say they don't care, but they're like, well, it's not affecting me and I don't believe in it. So I'm not going to worry about it, but it's, it's not just for you. It's for everyone. Like if you do this, if you take, you know, it's like saving that one penny. If you take that one penny a day, you might have a hundred dollars one day. If you put that mask on, that virus will disappear because you're just, you're, you're, you're flattening that curve. Yeah. People, and it's the worst time to happen because it's summer and people have been indoors for so long because of the pandemic. They've already been indoors because here in Toronto, it's been winter time since, you know, October. <laughs> so we, 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 we hibernate get, during the winter here. <laughs> we don't get to go outside as frequent. Um, and experience the warmth like people in California, wherever there's a hot climate. So there's a lot of like, I need to get out. I need to move. I need to like be free. And it's also the idea of being free. Like we come from a, a, a place that's you're free to do what you want and you have your free speech and you have your freedom to walk wherever you want to walk. And now you're telling me I can't. And it's psychologically hard for people to to like comprehend that and like not put up a fuss and not put up like violence as a measure. Well, if you, if you, you know, tell me I can't go to this theater, I'm going to knock you the fuck out type of thing. Like yeah. think of the bigger picture. People don't. And, and that's that, I think that's where we have to kind of change the psychology of, of our culture and how we live um, anywhere. That's why in Korea, yeah. like they, they, they are different. Their people are, are different because culturally they're they understand you know viruses that's happened in the past there and they understand how to work around it here it's never happened so you have people just moving around and about and not caring yeah and, and that you know what it is anthony that's the privilege that's the privilege mm-hmm. people take advantage of uh and they rely on that because it's not affecting them they don't care and that is that holds true to so many things going on in the world today. Um, unfortunately, but that's the privilege that people do. And, and like, and I'm, you guys aren't alone in seeing that, you know, I went to go fill up my propane tank yesterday so I could barbecue this week and everybody in line at the store, no masks. And it make, and it comes to a point where you feel awkward wearing a mask Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. there's almost that peer pressure uh, (laughs) aspect of it where you're just like, well, no one's wearing a mask. Should I be wearing a mask? I, I want, I'm going to wear a mask and it's those, you have to stay true to that and fight for wearing that mask. Because again, it's not about protecting yourself from it. It's from protecting other people from it. We could have COVID-19. We don't know it. We may not show symptoms of it, but why would I even risk passing that to somebody? Like that doesn't make sense. It also mm-hmm. like it's not hard to wear a mask. Like it's really not that difficult. We're not saying you have to wear an N95. We're not saying you have to, you know, tape your mouth shut, which some people should, but it's just a three-layer cloth mask. That's it. You got to make sure that when you blow through this mask, air doesn't come out. That's all you got to do. Is it hard to breathe in it? Honestly, I've been wearing a mask all week. It hasn't been that difficult. I'm sure for some people with certain conditions, it can be. But those are the people that we need to be protecting more. If you're having trouble breathing, guess what this disease does? It fucks up your breathing. So stop being a fucking idiot and put on a goddamn mask. Well, I want to put it on a t-shirt. 
<laughs> put that um, on a t-shirt, Che. <laughs> I'll put it right in, in the back. Uh, in similar news, Sonic the Hedgehog sequel in the works. Uh, very similar similar news Sonic the Hedgehog sequel in the works again this has come from Justin Kroll of Variety Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is getting a sequel Paramount Pictures and Sega Sega Sammy confirmed on Thursday that have comment that a sequel is in developments for the live action family comedy the sequel would reteam the filmmakers with Jeff Fowler directing and Pat uh, Casey and Josh Miller writing the scripts the movie is still in development stage so decisions have not yet been made regarding casting or production start date upon its release Sonic the Hedgehog scored the number one opening weekend of all time for a movie based on a video game and boasted the fourth best President's Day weekend debut um we watched Sonic the Hedgehog in February which feels like 10 years ago at this point um and I'm not surprised the sequel is happening because this movie did very well. What do you think, Shay? I I haven't seen it yet. To let you know, guys, I haven't had a chance to see it. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. I, honestly, like I, I think we talked about this film, and it's not like oh my god, you have to rush out, go watch it immediately. But I think when we did see it, um, okay. So full disclosure: halfway during this film, I got a notification on my watch that uh, <laughs> Matt Reeves, <laughs> you know, just dropped some Batman heat. So. Like at the halfway point of this film, I was like, "This movie needs to finish so I can see whatever the hell Matt Reeves just dropped." So a yeah. lot of that was like, "I have to enjoy this to get out of this." Uh, Why is this but, movie an hour and forty minutes long? <laughs> but but um, I still I I didn't hate myself for watching it, and I think that the, what I liked about this film is there's potential. There's a lot of good world building they've done. I think just the plot of the film was extremely lazy and stupid of how the fastest character in the world is sitting on a road trip. Like it made no sense to me at all, but I think what they're gearing up and, you know, the characters they introduce at the very end of the movie, um, I think we're going to be in for a much more fun ride and i think the movie should not take place in the human world anymore so so the only character that should be human maybe should probably be um dr robotnik's character you know so keep jim carrey um have him as your only human and then keep everybody else as a cg for all i care because i mean michael jordan did it for space jam why can't you know jim carrey do it? <laughs> yeah there is a dope opening scene in the movie where you kind of see where um where sonic comes from mm-hmm um and that looked that looked so cool and i just wanted to see like the green hill zone like more of it um and yeah jim carrey i think was my favorite part of this movie i think ben schwartz did an amazing job with sonic 2 Mm -hmm. but the other human characters in the movie they were just kind of there um and it was very silly but again i still had a good time with this movie again it's not an amazing movie but like it like shay said like it's not a waste of your time to watch it and you know what i'm like it was it was fun and i i think with a sequel be, especially with them being so open to listening to fan feedback now. Um, I think they could do a really great job with the sequel. So fingers crossed that um, it they deliver with it and we won't have to wait like 30 years to watch it. So we'll see. As, as video game enthusiasts, wh- what would you like to see in the next Sonic? Like what would make <sighs> this movie better? For you, as if, like you two personally, because I know you guys went to go watch it. You love games. Like, what what would make this movie like? Would it be want- like Sonic runs into 
you know, one of his friends is dead. Like, what would be? Oh, what? <laughs> My God, like his tails. His tails dead, and like tails is the tail of tails is gone, and he has to go <laughs> like and his, find his it. Tail? Like tails is dead, but they took the tail. Whoever it's is Sonic it. Two. It, it's going to be called Sonic Two: A Tale of Tails. I'm telling you a right tale now. Of no tails. A tale ben of Affleck tales. It's going to be something. <laughs> I I just it's, honestly it, want. I just honestly want um, Sonic to run really fast, uh, do a loop to loop, hit a you know bouncing thing off the ground, Ba-dum. jump up really high. I I want the video game tropes. I want all that fun stuff. I want Doctor Robotnik to be chasing him around in a flying car type egg, egg machine, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I don't want him to be on another road trip because, again, a Toyota Tundra will not be as fast <laughs> as Sonic the Hedgehog. No, I, I, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, like Shay said earlier, I'd love to see it all in kind of Sonic's worlds. I want to see Tails. I want to see like Knuckles and like all these Sonic characters that are kind of beloved throughout his series. Like it'd be cool to see them on um, the big screen like that. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the sonic movie skip like five minutes ahead i'm gonna i'm gonna skip a few minutes ahead at the end of the sonic movie we see tails and the design for tails is like perfect spot on. so i'm like spot on so obviously they did it after the uh (laughs) after the remodel because before it probably looked like just like a dry dead roadkill squirrel um but yeah i just want to see more of sonic's characters less human characters you know James Marsden and everyone in that movie are like, sure, they, they were there to move the plot forward, but I would love to see this movie just fully take on Sonic's characters and go from there because that's where I think it will be at a strong strongest when you kind of grab that lore of the Sonic uh, franchise. Mm. And it did well. It made $306 million worldwide. So obviously it made some good money um, on an $85 million budget. So good on them for doing that. And it's still one of the highest grossing movies of this year, which is crazy to think. <laughs> number two this year. Number two this year. Continuing on with the news this week, Doug Lehman will literally go to space before he does Edge of Tomorrow 2. This is t- coming from Tom Ryman of Collider. Tom Cruise is enlisting his Edge of Tomorrow director to helm his movie to be shot in actual outer space presumably because if something goes wrong and Cruz gets blasted out into the vacuum of space, they're going to need to be able to reboot him. Tout sweet. Okay. Interesting way of putting that uh, space. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was a, that was a way to tee this up. Yeah. So Doug Lyman is going to be directing this yet to be titled yet to be written space movie. If you don't know who Doug um, Lyman or Lehman, was it Lyman or Lehman? Lehman, Lehman right? Lehman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know who Doug Lehman is, he recently directed American Made. He's the director of the Bourne uh, trilogy of mo- or he no. just oh my, Identity. just the first one. Yeah, just Identity, Identity, just the first one. Yeah, just the first one. As reported by Deadline, uh, Lehman actually came up with this idea with Cruz and will be writing the first draft of the screenplay. When do you guys think is the earliest we'll see this movie? Twenty five. Yeah. I would say that's 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 fair. How about you, Anthony? What do you think? Uh, 
yeah, like I, I still like they, they still have to figure out how to like shoot this thing in space, right? I think the you know the SpaceX launch this week was a big uh, factor in how this movie could potentially play out. Play out because he's actually he tweeted he was at the SpaceX uh, NASA I guess Cape Canaveral uh, when it launched on Saturday. So I think that's a huge factor in how this movie is going to be made. They're going to be using like SpaceX um, spaceships or rockets to get there because that that's the whole premise, right? To commercialize space with this um, with the SpaceX program and NASA program together. So. Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, 2025, maybe 2026, because I don't know, like, it- we're still in the pandemic, and, you know, the world's kind of, like, not in the right place right now, so, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where technology yeah, just, in film and And just to confirm, it was, it was Doug, Doug Lehman who was at the, the launch, right? Yes. Yeah, it was Doug yes. Lehman who was at the launch. Did, did I say Lyman? No, 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 because I wasn't oh. sure if you meant Tom Cruise tweeted he was there. Oh, no, Tom Cruise Lehman is already in there. space. He's like laughing. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he was, here, he literally guys. popped up. He, as soon as those astronauts broke orbit, he just popped up in the back, like, hey, guys, you guys want any chips from back here? And they're like, whoa, Tom, what are you doing? He's Dude, like, oh, I, made he's, it. I snuck on board. The rocket left, and then Tom got onto the platform, and he used every fiber in his body to shoot into space, and he got there. You know, and, and he Mission somehow Impossible, found a way to run in space as well. Too, so. <laughs> you know, in Rogue Nation, when uh, he's on the edge of the on, on the side of the plane, he was on the side of the Falcon rocket, basically. Damn, yeah, <laughs> they found a way to shoot it. <laughs> he just he found was, a way to do it. He was literally just he was burning up from it, but he was like, "This is good, keep rolling." And everyone was like, "Tom, no one's filming this. Tom, get get off the rocket." Tom, you are literally on fire. Please get off. <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, this is still years away, but of course. If anyone could go to space, we knew it was either going to be Tom Cruise or Fast and the Furious. We we weren't sure which one was going to make it to Dominic space first. Toretto. <laughs> this is Dom in space. We got we got to go to space. <laughs> it's my Dominic it's about family. It's family in space. The it's Dominic Toretto with family. a bit of a with a bit of a head injury, I think. Well, yeah, because he's After- having trouble breathing in space. Oh, yes, yes. There you now, go. when he goes to space, I'm sure it's, it's going to be a crossover with the Riddick films, right? The Chronicles movies, Chronicle Riddick. Po- That's how it's it starts. Yeah. No, he's probably going to he's probably going to launch into space and be like, "This I've looks ridiculous," <laughs> or something stupid like that. Like, come on, this, man, this looks familiar. Oh, okay. He puts <laughs> and, and, and my, he's going to put on the same sunglasses, isn't he? <laughs> Does my Dodge Charger work up here? How did you get up there, man? <laughs> yeah. Fucking. Oh God. our last bit of news this week is a fun one especially um for me personally because i love always sunny and i know shay does as well um it's always sunny in philadelphia is renewed for a record-breaking season 15 by fx this is coming from nelly andreva of deadline it's always sunny in philadelphia has been renewed for 15th season the record-setting pickup was revealed as part of FX's original programming slate through 2021. Announced Tuesday morning, uh, with its 14 seasons to date, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia had tied ABC's The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet as the longest-running live-action comedy series. Now, FX's flagship half-hour series is solidifying its place in the TV history books as the sole holder of the record. 
The news came on the heels of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia executive producer and star Rob Rob McElhaney revealing last month that writing on season 15 of the FX series had begun. In January, speaking at a TCA press tour to promote his new Apple TV Plus series, Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet, McElhaney assured It's Always Sunny fans that we're going to keep going, we're going to keep doing it forever if people keep watching. (laughs) What do you think about this? I mean, you know how big of a fan of the show I am. I've been watching it for years, and I'm so glad you love it, too. I wish Anthony would love it as much as we do. Um, This is is absolutely huge. Um, People always, you know, say, oh, as a show gets later in its career, it's harder to watch. But what's really smart about these guys at at the show is – they are so aware of that. They literally make fun of the fact that they've been doing the show for too long. Uh, they they literally will recycle an episode and then poke fun of it at the same time being like, I think we've done this before. And it just, to me, it's absolutely hilarious. I, I love the fact that they're coming back for another season. I'm a big fan of all the actors and actresses in the show. Uh, Rob McElhenney is a genius. What he's done with Mythic Quest is, is phenomenal. And that episode that we watched last week for the quarantine one, Amazing. I still think about it all the time right now. So I, I think that with the current state of the world, the season 15 of Always Sun- It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is going to be pretty, pretty wicked because they're probably going to poke off fun at a lot of the stuff that's happening right now. Yeah, I think they already said that they're going to be doing like a, a coronavirus episode. I think they mentioned that. Um, yeah, I mean, this show is just absolutely phenomenal and 15 season in somehow they're still making just gold episodes. So it's crazy to think to put in that in perspective, the show started uh, the same year the office started in 2005 mm-hmm. and like the office has been off the air for seven years now. And it's like this, the show is still going, it's still just getting better and better. So um so happy to see this and so happy that it's, it's getting another shot. You know, during this as well, they gave an update on Atlanta. We already knew, I think last year they said it'd be 2021, but we kind of got confirmation now that, you know, Atlanta is going to be coming with a new season next year. There's going to be two seasons next year. And I think that's going to be the finale next year or in 2021, 2022. So um, that's another phenomenal FF, FX show. And it's nice to see that even under the banner of Disney, um, they're still going to be able to make content and, do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Anthony, anything to add before we get into new dates? Not really. Sorry. I just don't okay. have much to no, say about okay. uh, Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, good for them. You're happy, so I'm happy. All right. That's Sounds it. good to me. <laughs> new <laughs> dates this week. Palm Springs. This is the Lonely Island produced movie starring Andy Samberg and a bunch of other really famous people. This is coming out July 10th on Hulu. Uh, no word yet on um, a Canadian release date, but uh, you'll remember this because this movie uh, made history at uh, the festival in January. Uh, why am I blanking on the name of this festival? Was it uh, South by Southwest? Was it South by Southwest? I don't think so. I'm going to um, find out. I'm wondering. Like the tribe. Not to Tribeca. Um, was it Tribeca? Oh, was the one that's New York, right? And then there's Sundance. 
Wow. Well, and... Oh, yeah, Sundance. It was Sundance. Yeah. Yeah. Sundance. So they beat the record. They beat the record at the Sundance Film Festival by 69 cents uh, just to kind of secure their release date. So, yeah, it's cool. It's coming to Hulu and we won't have to wait too long for it. It seems to be that there's hopefully going to be a little bit more things for us to watch in June now that this episode is actually coming out on June 1st. So um, hopefully we'll have some more things to look out for. And it's nice to know that this is going to be one of them because obviously, I, like me personally, I love the Lonely Island guys. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping this movie is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a trailer for it? Not yet. Oh, Not yet. But speaking of trailers, trailers, trailers. trailers. Oh shoot, that's all right. Trailers. We, we go, we go in host order. We go in host okay, order. Like, you're just making up these rules that I don't know about. <laughs> no, but I said that. I no, said that last week, though. Last we did it so was, good last week. Don't do the do do do. I'll do the do do do, and then now I did the do do do. Listen, man. There's a and lot going trailers. on. Trailers, you know. Next week you is going to be like up. I'm not even on the show anymore. <laughs> You're not. not this is your, not this your, show. You're not part of the show is, anymore. This is. <laughs> that, was oh, the, that was a social network that reference. Was a social network reference. Uh, yes. Anthony, Anthony wouldn't get it though. <laughs> the only trailer we got this week to talk about is "Be Water." This is the Bruce Lee documentary that is coming out. This is a thirty for thirty documentary from ESPN, um, yep. and this is coming out in June. So yeah, June seventh. Won't I think. have to wait too long. Yeah, we won't have to wait too long for this movie or for this series. Uh, do you know how long, how many episodes it's going to be, Anthony? Or is it just going to be one uh, one night? It seems like I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It's it's it. The way they phrased it was, it's like a movie, so I guess it's maybe two hours long. I don't think it's like yeah, a yeah, it's like um, the last dance type of thing, right? But it's yeah, Bruce so June seventh. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it looked but, great. It was a great trailer. Um, Looking forward to this one. Shay, did you check out the trailer for this one? I did not, but I but I do know of it, and, and uh, I'm pretty excited. Good stuff. Out this week, again, slim pickings this week. The only oh, thing that we got coming out this week right now is 13 Reasons Why. It's the season four uh, season. This is the final season. It's going to be on Netflix on Friday. What have we been yeah. watching? I'm going to kick it over to Anthony to start us off. So it has. I, I haven't watched a lot this week, but um, I put on season two of Harley Quinn. Um, I think how many did it finish a season? No, no, thirteen episodes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, so I put on the second season of Harley Quinn, which is really really good. I liked it. I liked the storyline. Um, Shay put me onto it, and I decided to watch all. The episodes, even if I didn't you guys, like, you guys it, made a blood pack. I just to watch decided it. to, you know, you know, watch it. Like basically, do what Shay asked me to do. Not like Shay has watched Rick and Morty, or I did. I watched that. an episode. I watched. I, episode. I'm gonna. I, I literally watched two seasons. <laughs> I, I'll watch more today. How's that? <clears throat> yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see if it happens, man. Um. Rick and Morty watched uh, last week's episode. I think this week is going to be the final episode of season four. Um, put on Hot Fuzz, which is a proper action comedy. I like to yeah. say proper because the British like to say proper a lot. 
I would, I, I just, I always go back to this movie because it's just so fun to watch, especially, you know, the sequence with the shootouts with the town folk and man, it's such a great film. I wish, I hope they make a sequel to it. Hot Fuzz I think, too. I think, I think Timothy Dalton is the best character in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's my favorite of the Cornetto trilogy. Mine as well. I I go back to it quite often, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's um, directed by, um, what's his name? Uh, Eduardo Wright. (laughs) Yes, Edward Wright. Is it Edward Wright? Edgar. 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 Edgar Wright. So, yeah, that was, I I didn't even know that until I did more history on it for it this week. Um, put on Beverly Hills Cop. I haven't watched that for a very long time. Enjoyed that. That's another great action comedy. Um, just like the beginnings of, um, wow, I'm freaking Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. And just, it's just a fun movie and it's just really good comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, put on Hellboy 2019 version, not Hellboy Guillermo del Toro version, the 2019 had fun with it wasn't as bad as everyone said it was. Yes, there was like real hiccups with the script and the writing and David Harbour did a really good job of playing Hellboy, but sometimes didn't do a good job playing Hellboy. It was too immature at some points, or maybe that could be the directing. Um, But yeah, I had fun. It felt like a Hellboy series that I would have read in a comic. Um, could have been better, yes. Could have been darker and more serious toned, yes. But um, I don't think it deserved what it got, which was like completely like smashed at the in the reviews and the Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I would say if you have a chance, go on Amazon Prime if you have Prime and watch Hellboy. It's a it's a fun movie. Um, and if you love David Harbor, please, it's a great you know movie to watch with him in it. Then I put on Jeffrey Epstein's Filthy Rich on Netflix, which is a documentary on Jeffrey Epstein. And I just blew through that whole docuseries, which I think is about four episodes. Yep, four episodes long. I didn't know much about Epstein and what he's he's done in, in the past and what happened to him. I only know that, you know, this guy committed suicide and was it suicide or was it not? And, you know, this documentary really goes in depth of who this guy was and how he became rich and all the bad things he's done and, you know, all the different stories of all these different um, victims and how they, they were affected in the long term and how they got retribution. But, you know, it's still a heartbreak um, watch. Um, Daniel, I know you've watched a little bit of it or I don't I know. Finished if you it, yeah. No, I, yeah. yeah, I finished it pretty much the night I started it. Like I, made it all the way to like half an hour left of the series and then i finished it i think on friday or saturday but um yeah honestly like epstein you hear his name a lot in the news especially i guess a year or two ago when he killed himself killed himself air quotes um but if you want to know why this guy is so evil hated and evil um, this is a this is a very enlightening series, and um, not for the faint of heart either. But it's definitely something that, um, again, it's hard to say you enjoy watching something when it's the subject matter. But it's mm-hmm. definitely something that I really valued my time watching, and I really th- I really thought that it did a, a phenomenal job highlighting 
all these aspects of his life and why he's such an evil person. And to do it in four episodes, I really appreciate too, because a lot of times, sometimes with these series, they get stretched out into things that just go into kind of tangents that don't always kind of tell you the, the big story, but this did a really good job of telling this over four episodes, an hour long each that, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's definitely essential watching for sure. See, this is when we talk about like, you know, what, what streaming service should I subscribe to? And we like, what do I get the most out of? And all that stuff. like things like this, like these docu-series are, are so important that you want to subscribe to Netflix, even though you might not use Netflix for a good month or two and you see this documentary, it's like, wow, this is so well worth the money that I just spent on, yeah. on, on, on this show because it's so it's enlightening because you see what you don't know about. And Netflix does such a great job with their docs. Such a great they do. job. My, my only criticism is that a lot of the times this stuff just gets buried into their millions and millions mm-hmm. of shows and movies that I had no idea this series happened or what it was a thing until I randomly opened up Netflix and I, and I saw, Oh, oh you might enjoy this. And I was like, Oh, I hundred percent would enjoy this, but mm-hmm. I had no idea this was a thing until now. So I'm just happy that I opened up Netflix. Cause there's even times where like, for example, when Shane, and I watched lovebirds a couple weeks ago, I didn't even see that on the main page of Netflix. I had mm-hmm. to search for it. Yeah, so it's right. like they, they need to do a lot better job of how their app lays content out and, and just for discoverability because it was just happen chance that I opened up Netflix and then was there. Um, yeah. Shay, what did you watch this week? Yeah, uh, I watched actually a, a lot more so um, than, I, than I normally do. Um, Harley Quinn, obviously, this season is phenomenal. I'm absolutely loving it. Oh, it's just um, so funny, man! It's yeah, so funny. It's and, and like I love, I love the road they're kind of going down. And the last episode that just came out, where it pretty much takes place on the mascara, I thought that was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So, yeah. um, Anthony, I'm excited for you to watch that. Um, Which episode? I, episode what, eight. Did you watch the most recent episode, Anthony? I think it's episode nine. It's now. Episode eight. Yeah, we're like they're on episode nine. The, now. Oh, okay, because the last episode I watched was dooms the parademon like, ones right harley harley quinn became granny goodness and the parademons yeah, yeah. yeah. that was, yeah. That was There's i don't not- think i don't think and this is just i guess off topic or within topic i don't think poison ivy is going to leave kite man for harley quinn it just doesn't make sense because it just doesn't make sense harley quinn's just she's just fucking fucked up person <laughs> but well, definitely you, uh you gotta watch definitely the watch then. the next episode for sure yeah but yeah it would be pissed uh, if, if she left kite man it's a great episode because it's it's they go to they go to poison ivy's bachelorette party on the mascara so it's it's really funny um i decided to watch these two docs that i've kind of had in the in, in my docket and the first one i've, I've watched I've, I've seen in high school and then um, it, I wanted to revisit it with a with a different lens now, and uh, and that was who killed the electric car, and then also revenge of the electric car, uh, and who killed the electric car was a very interesting one because again, like I said, I watched it in high school, and it was really kind of outlining the the EV one that came out by GM and and the struggles that uh, they had with um, making a vehicle that was you know purely electric that people loved, but 
everyone that was in the oil industry and in the car industry pretty much lobbied against it. And it's interesting because it's GM, General Motors. They're one of the biggest car companies out there. So to see that car go through the struggles that it did was uh, was quite interesting. Um, and again, this is taking place around um, the ni- late 90s to early 2000s. Um, and it's a very interesting story if you want to know whatever happened to the EV1 because it was a car that was leased out to people and even celebrities like Danny DeVito and um, a couple of other models that I can't remember, seem to remember right now. And uh, eventually they asked for the cars back and you know they said that we won't, that we won't renew your lease you just got to give us the cars God. back. And then, you know, people fought like, why? Like, this is a perfectly great car. It, it's electric. It's so ahead of its time. I love driving it. And then GM took all the cars back and literally just destroyed them. So it was uh, it was a very, very interesting documentary. Revenge of the Electric Car came out a few years after. And this is about 2011. But the, but the documentary takes place just obviously a few years before that. And... Uh, it's actually focusing on about three different stories right here. You're, you're focusing on Nissan launching its electric car called the Leaf. Um, you're focusing on Chevy launching their Volt, which is their you know full electric car. You're focusing on Tesla actually coming out with their Roadster, and um, and then it's focusing on another guy who. Um, uh, he kind of like he retrofits old cars into new ones. So these the, these two series they were they were on iTunes. So I picked them up. They were I think five bucks each when I bought them, and uh, I I really liked the second one a lot because it was a bit more. It, it focused on these different stories and how they all kind of connected. And you know, Elon Musk is a very controversial person, and I, I'm not a huge fan of him myself anymore with with all that's been happening. But when I was watching this documentary. I, I empathize with him because you can tell that when he is behind a company, he is going to give it 200%. Like this guy wasn't sleeping and he was so heavily invested in Tesla that you could tell that he, he would be in in the warehouses, literally looking at the cars, um, talking to the people that had pre-ordered them and just the struggles of making a an electric car that's cool. So I really, really enjoyed this documentary. I think if you have any interest in electric cars um, like myself, or just you want to know what happened during this period, or the story of the EV1, which I think is very interesting, definitely recommend giving them a watch. I hope they become available on a streaming service one day. But as of right now, you can probably find them some places. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely recommend those. Um, I, I, I've talked about this a lot, but it, it's been really hard to watch new things, just things on TV in general right now during this pandemic. So uh, you kind of have to go back and just rewatch things that you're so familiar with watching because it kind of helps you, I think, keep a state of mind that was sane. And I, and I put on pop star, never stop, never stopping because again, yes, love Lonely Island. I love Andy Samberg. I think this movie did not get the, you know, justice that it needed in theaters. And I think it's so damn funny. Uh, and every time I watch it, I almost pick up new things that maybe I didn't get the first time. So if you haven't seen Popstar and you like just silly comedies, <clears throat> give it a watch. Or you know what? Since we're in this pandemic right now, give it a watch anyways. And if you hate it, then now you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, Popstar <laughs> is absolutely phenomenal phenomenal yeah. it's so funny it's We've so had good times with that one yeah it's so still relevant today in terms of just celebrity isms and things like that but 
Yeah, it's it's so good. It's yeah. so, so good. And, and, the, and the songs are catchy as hell. It's it's unfortunate. Um, the Disney Gallery, the Mandalorian series. Uh, I have been watching that, so I, I caught up. I think the last was the last episode about the practical effects. Yes, that was. Yes, so that so I really loved the episode before that as well, which I know you guys talked about before um, about um, the 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 effects that they actually did do in the in the show. So um, how they created it with the Unreal Engine, with VR, with these screens, I think. And I was t- telling this to Daniel. I think this is going to push forward what movies can and can't do because the effects in the Mandalorian, because they were I'm air quoting practical in a way, they looked phenomenal. These weren't added later in post to really, you know, spruce up the scene. They were just cleaned up in post. So I really liked that. Um, Like Anthony, I uh, decided to go back and do a little, um, uh, what's it called? Cornetto like, uh, revisiting of the Cornetto a little bit. So I was going to put on um, hot fuzz. I know last week I watched uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world this week. I, I, I went over to Shaun of the dead because I haven't seen that for quite a long time. And honestly, this movie is so funny. It's really good, but yes, in the Cornetto trilogy, hot fuzz is still my favorite. Um, I watched central park because it's on Apple TV plus and Daniel kept telling me how it's really good. And you know what, honestly it is. I, I love Bob's burgers and this is really, uh, taking over that. So, uh, on the Apple TV plus landscape. So I really like that Patriot act with Hassan Minaj is back on Netflix as well. And this is a great show to watch. If you want to kind of know what's going on in the world today and uh, you kind of want it through a filter of, you know, a person with color. So I think that's a, it's a really good show. It kind of helps break down what's happening uh, and what's important today in, in a more uh, millennial way. So that's that's great. Um, Man on Fire, I watched as well with the family. Man on Fire, <laughs> is, it's been a while since I've seen that film. I'd say probably around the time that it came out. Uh, maybe just a few years before that, if anything. Or after that, sorry. Um, and... Um, yeah, it's so good. Tony Scott has this way of making this, you know, Denzel action film with with uh, Dakota Fanning here that is so uh, it's paced in a way where it, it's moving slow, but it's so overly dramatic and and super fun in some areas. But it's it's got some Michael Bayisms with how it's shot and the coloring. But I don't know. I I really liked it. I thought it was such a badass film. Um, and you know Disney Plus, they they re-released the first bunch of seasons of The Simpsons in the four by three aspect ratio. So um, while I was watching, I've been watching The Simpsons for forever, and I and I continue to watch it. Um, I only put it on my list this week because now I can truly acknowledge that I'm watching The Simpsons in the way that it was meant <laughs> to be watched, and I'm yeah. really enjoying how it is because this is like I had them on DVD all the seasons, so to see them back in the way that they're supposed to be was was great. Yeah, and honestly, it makes a big difference. Uh, for those of you who want to watch The Simpsons, I actually watch. I was watching this week too, just to check out the the new aspect ratio or the proper aspect ratio, not the the newly added aspect ratio to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. If you're wondering why, if you're playing it and it's still not showing it, if you go to the details page on The Simpsons, just make sure you unselect that option there that says watch the remastered versions, yes. and then it will actually turn your the feed. I think what the first. 19 seasons like that into the proper four by three aspect ratio you get 
uh, just because you would miss a lot of the visual humor if that, and they just look so stretched out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so I'm so glad that this is finally here because I've been wanting to do a rewatch of The Simpsons and kind of really dive back into that, and now I can knowing that I'm not missing anything. So uh, for myself this week, uh, I finished Little Fires Everywhere. So this was a show that was originally on Hulu in the states and then came here to Canada on Amazon Prime. Um, really interesting series, great performances throughout by everyone. Um, again, if, if you're lo- someone who loves shows all about drama and family dynamics, definitely check this one out. If you're looking for something that's uh, like an easy watch, I would say this isn't going to be for you. I still think it's still worth watching, but just kind of know going into it, it's a bit of a heavier show, and you want to be paying attention as well. Uh, Anthony and I already spoke about the Jeffrey Epstein Filthy Rich docu-series that's on uh, Netflix that you could watch as well. Uh, Like you guys, I also have been watching Harley Quinn and Central Park. I really wanted to give some time out just because this is a show, like he said, from the creators of Bob Burgers. And it's just such a funny show. Um, Kind of revolves around a family where the dad kind of works in Central Park. He's, I guess, like a Central Park like ranger almost. And what's different with this too is that this show is a full-on musical. So they'll just go into they'll just go into song about any situation. And I think what's it does so good is that the songs are like bangers. Like they're actually really well produced and really well written songs that have been like stuck in my head the last couple days that I've watched mm-hmm. it. So um I'm really looking forward to it continuing to see where it goes. Um Apple ordered two seasons of it, so 13 episodes each. And I think that's such a good sweet spot for animated shows. Because like live action, you could only tell so many stories in so many episodes. So a lot of the times you'll see shows, especially animated ones, get 20 or 30 episodes ordered for a season where you'll have such throwaway episodes where when you kind of when you limit it, I think you could tell such more narrow and focused stories, which I really appreciate. Uh, Harley Quinn obviously spoke about in The Simpsons and Disney Gallery The Mandalorian. De- uh, Defending Jacob, which is another Apple TV Plus show that r- had its series finale this week, um, wrapped up. Uh, great series. I really recommend it on Apple TV Plus. Chris Evans is in it. Michelle Dockery. Um, I'm blanking on his name from It's. Um, <laughs> he plays Billy in It. Why am I blanking on his name right now? Dang it. I'll tell you right now. It is. Is it Jaden Martell? Yeah, it's Jaden. I Martell. have no idea. Yeah, yeah Jaden Martell. He Jayden plays Martell. uh he plays Billy in uh in the It films. He was in <laughs> Sounds Nights like you're Out gonna say Martin well. Lawrence. Yeah, it's Martin Lawrence, uh Martin Lawrence's It. He was in that. <laughs> uh yeah, so uh really great series. Eight episodes. <laughs> the ending was something there. I know there is uh it differs from the book, which I was kind of looking up like the difference between the book and the show. Um Mostly the ending is the biggest difference I was reading, but I definitely say it's worth the time to watching. Um, and I know this much to I know this much is true as another show. It sounded like I was talking about defending Jacob there, but no, this HBO show is called I Know This Much Is True. It stars Mark Ruffalo, um, and he plays like twins of like I guess himself, where it's one brother and then another brother who um, is dealing with some mental health issues. And it's kind of, it's a, again, very heavy show. (laughs) So like every series that I watched this week, like live action wise, I'm like, wow, 
there is no happy shows on this week that I was watching. Mm-hmm. Little Fires, Jeffrey Epstein defending Jacob. I know this much is true. I'm like, damn, like this was a this is a very somber week in my house for content. But I literally um, did five minutes of that. Uh, I know this much is true show. It was on TV, and I was like, oh, let me just stick around and see what's going on. And um, yeah, I I felt so depressed, so I just immediately turned. Around. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely a heavy show. I watched the first episode, and I'm like, I don't know. If I'm going to keep doing this, but um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll say we'll see where it goes. But yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a heavy show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what came out this week that we didn't talk about? Tell me, HBO Max. Well, not this it week. Did come out last week. week. Yeah, and how yeah. people are are it's kind of they're kind of like hit or miss with it. They said that the content is good, but you know the the layout and how they they how how to navigate and how to access this content is not so good. Um, what are is you? There, what are, are there many? Um, are there many uh, originals that launch with it? There there are some, and we have some of those originals actually already on Crave. But it kind of sounds like you know because Warner Brothers has so many different channels of content it kind of sounds like the issue we have with crave where it's like there's everything everywhere where you kind of have to navigate to find stuff and yeah i was looking i was looking at kind of different ui videos online i'm like yeah it's it's interesting how this looks but um it just i just feel like and i was telling shay about this too like i know we don't have it here in canada but it also feels like nobody's really talking about it as much because i even i follow a lot of americans on twitter as well um but it just doesn't feel like anyone's really talking about it and it's also it's it's a rough week to launch like realistically mm-hmm. with everything going on in the world but um, but even their launch i felt like disney plus primary. launching was such, such a moment in time um where people were talking about that where yeah their launch library i think their originals aren't anything noticeable i haven't seen no. anyone really talking about this is something you have to watch mm-hmm. um because we have it on crave and i'm like yeah i'll get to it maybe but you know until the snyder cuts on there let me know yeah i think the only thing that i see on their launch library that i would be interested in would be uh, looney tunes cartoons that's it yeah 100 percent. not not the anna kendrick love life or legendary or craftopia an epic kids crafting competition show like nah man that that doesn't buy me into subscribing <laughs> to your hbo max you know, yeah, especially because like it's, it's already kind of weird with like, is this an HBO show? Is this a, is this like, oh, it's HBO Max, but it's not. H- it's like it's very the branding is very confusing of it all, right? They gotta rebrand it. They gotta rebrand it. Just is not <laughs> making sense. They just launched it though, man. They I can't. know, but they gotta rebrand. Like their whole thing was, oh, let's call it HBO because people know HBO, but like. I get that, but that's the content that you just showed us is not even HBO. Like I wouldn't go to HBO to watch. No. Um. Uh. What, what was one of them? Not too late show with Elmo. Yeah. Unless Elmo was like you know <laughs> a mature Elmo talking about the mature you know, Elmo, mature, God. mature you know stuff that's happening in the world. You know ecstasy so with like Elmo. That. Like what are you, you talking just about? Called the WB. The WB. hundred percent. They should call it WB or like the WB, like the old TV yeah. channel. Just call it the WB because that's that's good branding there. HBO yeah. Max. I do you guys think they'll change the name eventually? I don't think so. I think so. No. I think so, man. I think in the long, I, like not right away, but I think in the long term, it just doesn't make sense. Like you're not getting HBO content. 
It's like yeah, like you uh, are, but it's you're getting HBO content on there, are you not? No, I mean like, like HBO's you're, libraries on there. I mean like yes, but it's not just HBO content. That's what I meant. They're not HBO originals. They're HBO Max originals, so it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Before we wrap up this week's episode, of course, it's that time of the week where we get to our trivia question. So, gentlemen, are you ready for this week's question? I'm ready. So keeping in line with this week's news with Henry Cavill returning to Superman, this is going to be a question regarding that. So Henry Cavill is known for being a huge fan of video games. I'm going to give you guys four choices here, by the way. What video game was Henry Cavill playing when he famously missed the call from Zack Snyder telling him he got the role of Superman? So I'm going to give you four options, and then I'm actually going to play an audio clip of him telling you guys the right answer. So we're upping the production this week. But can you just give us three options? Why does that? <laughs> no, I'm going to give you. I've give you four options, Anthony. <laughs> I've never heard someone negotiate with the, yeah. you know, the guys. Can you give me just one option? <laughs> like can you that, just Anthony, give me the right answer. <laughs> so Henry Cavill is obviously known for playing video games. Mm-hmm. What video game was he playing when he got the call? When he missed the call from Zack Snyder telling him he got the role of Superman? Was it? The Witcher, was it World of Warcraft, was it League of Legends, or was it Grand Theft Auto? Hmm. Can you go with, repeat uh, World of Warcraft? Can you repeat um, those? The question, the, answer, the answers. Those. Yes, was, the answers. Was he playing The Witcher? Was he playing World of Warcraft? Was he playing League of Legends or was he playing the Grand Theft Auto series? I don't even know half of these freaking games. I want to say uh, The Witcher because he plays The Witcher. Why not? He's right. he's, he's getting ready for a season two. <laughs> We're going to kick it to Graham Norton to tell us the right answer. But you get into it, don't you? Like, didn't you nearly lost quite an important job? Absolutely, yeah. I was, um, I was playing a game called World of Warcraft. And yeah. Heard of all. Uh, yeah. and, uh, so he was playing World of Warcraft when he missed the call from Zack Snyder, telling him that he got the role of Superman. I mean, with a body like Henry Cavill, it's pretty obvious he plays video games a lot. Oh, oh easily. That's, I, I that's how you get that body. I misinterpreted. Oh, you did, eh? Oh, oh misinterpreted. Because I, th- I thought I thought it was he missed a call when Zack Snyder called him for the 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 watch yeah, along yeah, yeah. for Man yeah. of Steel. Oh, Not when Man of Steel. Because he so, wouldn't have played The Witcher back I'm then. Because I don't even Steel, think it not a man of steel. <laughs> I think, oh, okay, okay. You, so when I said the question twice, when I said when he got the role of Superman, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I think I was. I was trying to figure out the game. I'm like, what game was he playing? Because I was. I watched that whole. I watched that whole Zack Snyder like um, Zack watch Snyder watch along. I'm like, was he playing a video game? I know he had like a video game <laughs> headset. I'm like, why doesn't oh, this guy have a man. better video, like better headset? But um, or why didn't he use the Superman ears to hear? But yeah, I think that's a trick question that you guys planned against me. It was okay. Oh my! See, this God. is how they, they listeners. This is how they get me, man. I'm telling Listen, you, Daniel, he would have won if you only gave him three options. 
I'm telling you, if I gave him one option, he still would have guessed wrong somehow. You'd have been like, I think it was yeah. the Witcher, but that wasn't. When I do my question, I'm going to give you ten options. Okay, ten. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh. As <laughs> always, this has been <laughs> this has been the movie podcast. You could catch a brand new episode every single Monday, where we talk about everything going on in the movie world of news. Uh, TV shows, entertainments, and also we usually have a topic of the show. We didn't have one this week, but we will co- be coming back with a lot more topics of the shows soon. If you want to write in and be part of the show and give us your comments, suggestions, and corrections, please head over to thistimewith.com slash talk and write into the show. We love to have you part of it. We really want to have a community here where everybody can, can engage and have their voices heard. Please don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and drop that five-star rating if you like what we're doing. And don't forget to check out some of our previous episodes because we have a lot of great content in our library of shows. That has been This Time With, the movie podcast. And we'll see you next.